I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL podcast and now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. See it right there at the bottom of your screen, KramerandBrill.com. Now, during the offseason, each week we're taking a look at each NFL team. And this week we're going to explore the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this week, our guest is Brian Salmon of News 3 in Las Vegas, who covers the Raiders. Brian, welcome to Kramer and Brill. Uh, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. An oh. honor. An honor. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, having you. talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. I think you say that at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I always start like that. We'll see how it works out. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's hard, still hard to say Las Vegas Raiders. You know, we had Agent uh, Lee Steinberg on a few weeks ago, and that was one of the first things he said was, Try saying Las Vegas Raiders. But the Raiders have completed that first season uh, there, Brian. And, uh, you know, before we get to the draft of the team, why don't you give us a quick recap of the Raiders season coming off an 8-8 eight eight season? You know, well, first I'll say this. The fact that, you know, to say Las Vegas Raiders instead of Los Angeles or Oakland, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I was born in Oakland. And I thought I'd have a hard time saying it. I don't, which kind of surprises me. Um, I worked in New Orleans, and when they changed from the Hornets to the Pelicans, I had a hard time saying Pelicans instead of Hornets. So, but I digress. Uh, yeah, the Raiders this past season, it was it was a, a good inaugural season. The only thing that really stunk about the fact that uh, the Raiders didn't get a chance to really unleash Allegiant Stadium on the, the country. Uh, Mark Davis, he vowed that he would not go to a home game until all of Raider Nation could go in, not just a portion of it. So, you know, that kind of put a damper on the season. but as far as uh, what the Raiders brought to the city of Las Vegas, their first game against the Saints, the city was packed, even though there are no fans in the stadium. Think about that. Like, it was packed. I mean, we had a bunch of people from New Orleans that were here. Uh, a, a lot of fans want to travel to Las Vegas. They did. And I think the, the first season was a success. Interesting, isn't it? How, like, the Raiders now, you think, okay, first of all, how in the heck does the NFL even come to Vegas? Oh. But when they do, they send the Raiders. And now the Raiders, of all people, have to live up to the hockey team who, in their inaugural season, won the equivalent of the Super Bowl with the Stanley Cup. So, yeah. They, I'm, they, I'm, go ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say that, um, you know, you've got uh, so Gruden, right? And he's won one Super Bowl in his uh, NFL career, takes a big long break, becomes the face of Monday Night Football, gives that up to then come back to the Raiders. Um, and then what's the perception now in Vegas around the Raiders and within the nation of Raider Nation um, about Gruden? Since he took the long break, right? He took the long break. Now he's come back. They had sort of an okay year, but not what he left in Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, John Gruden coming back, actually, to, to me, he was the perfect person to come back here in the fact that he gives great interviews. You know what I mean? Like he knows the media side of it. His PR is great. People love to listen to him. As far as like how the Raiders are doing, their success isn't necessarily what drives people's like or dislike for them here. Um, the fact that they weren't Vegas born, which is a big thing that they talk about the hockey team. It was Vegas born, born in Vegas. They're the original team. That's the, that's the biggest obstacle for the Raiders to have to overcome being accepted by the people here in Las Vegas. But I always tell people, to me, the Raiders coming to Las Vegas was the absolute perfect city for them to come to. And the reason I say that is, I mean, you guys are both from the Southern California area. The Raiders 
have a built-in fan base there. They're more popular than the Rams and the Chargers in the in Southern California, right? So um, we have a lot of transplants from Southern California that live here in Las Vegas, a ton of people from the Bay Area that live here in Las Vegas. So they already had a built-in fan base in the city before they even arrived. So I think it was a perfect fit for them coming here. As far as winning is concerned, they do have a lot, a lot to live up to um, with the Vegas Golden Knights. But the biggest thing that people don't realize about Las Vegas and the Raiders and what they've done that do not live in this city is Mark Davis has really ingratiated himself to the community. They've been really, really, really big with the community here. They started doing community projects here before they even arrived. Mark Davis is always at all the, the hockey games, sitting on the ice. He'd go to the WNBA games, sit at midcourt. He'd go to, I, I seen him at fights, uh, walking through the, the lobby, him and John Gruden, UFC fights, boxing. So, I mean, he's really ingratiating himself to this community. And I, I think that's much bigger to the people in, here in Vegas, more so than the wins and losses. But they can't lose forever. You know, <laughs> one of the things I look at was when I looked at this draft, I, it was so unusual. I mean, they did make some stretches and they, they, they raised some eyebrows, but they in the seven rounds did not pick one skill position player on offense, not one. And everybody says it was a stretch for them to go to Alex Leatherwood on the first pick. No, I agree. Uh, a lot of people here are, oh my goodness. Um, my coworker is a big draft guru, another Southern California guy. And his name's Jesse Merrick, and, and you know, he's he loves to draft. He played a little college football, so you know, he thinks he's a little mini Mel Kuyper, uh, with the bad hair and everything else. But who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, by the way, did, did Mel Kuyper do your, your draft back in the day and, and rate you really badly? Uh, I didn't get drafted, so okay. I wouldn't have shown up on anybody's board. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, he, and look he, what you he, did, though. Look what he, you did. Like, you lasted as long as you did, so they don't know what they're talking he, about. He, he's one of those guys that fell through the cracks who actually played 12 years and still holds the Bears passing record. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And to me, guys like yourself are the kind of guys that the Raiders need. You know what I mean? They need guys that come in here without a, um, without a, a big head, and they want to come in here and be a blue-collar guy like old Steelers players are. They, they like blue-collar players. Raiders – they Raider Nation, they like blue collar guys. Oakland is a blue collar city. So um, as far as the stretch is concerned, or Alex Leatherwood, he's got I mean, he was one of the best linemen in college football. He comes from Alabama. John Gruden loves Alabama. Uh, we'll see how he does, even though they, they got rid of their entire offensive line in the offseason. But as far as all the defensive guys that they selected, they went heavy. I say heavy. They went with offense last year. You know, they got rugs. Um, I mean, they, they got some uh, some defensive guys as well, but I think that their offense was not the problem. Their offense wasn't the problem at all last year. They need defense. Their defense was horrible, or Charles Barkley terrible. So, I mean, they had to do something on the defensive side of the ball. I agree with you, and that's really what the formula was, right? Back in Tampa when Gruden was there was they had a great defense and a serviceable offense. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. And, you know, I, I think when I look at the Raiders, their offense, like you said, they're legit. And defensively, though, they've got to start making some stops and basically winning some games for them to, I think, get up into that upper level, right? Absolutely. I mean, think about it like this. They had, I want to say, three, three or four games in which they were winning in the last couple minutes of the game. The offense gives them an opportunity to win, and the defense lets – you know, the opposing offense go the length of the field. 
You know what I mean? Like the length of the field. They could have defeated the Chiefs twice last year. They beat them once. They could have beat them again here in, in Las Vegas. But the defense, uh, you know, Jonathan Abram, one of their their, their high draftees from the year, year prior, you know, figures he's going to make every play and be the hero instead of doing his assignment. And, you know, you, you know what happens if you don't do your job. Don't do your right, job. Right. So I guess I think what you're what I'm hearing you say is had the Bears not stolen Khalil Mack, then <laughs> everything would be okay in Vegas right now for the Raiders. <laughs> Man, how about when Khalil Mack was, he first got traded in the game that he had as soon right. as he got traded? He like rolled out of bed and went and made five sacks. Interception. And, still and they still somehow lost the game. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. They they need a guy like Khalil Mack. They don't they don't generate much of a pass rush. And then they went ahead and got rid of all the guys that they drafted that they thought like Arden Key thought that they, he was going to be a good uh, pass rush guy coming out of LSU. And you see what that, I mean, their defense their defense is bad. I mean, there's really no way to kind of sugarcoat that. As I said, Charles Barkley. If I wish I had a button, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> you know the, the the receivers they've had the last couple of years, Rugs and and Waller especially have been outstanding. They had Brown. I'm, I'm curious about the addition of Kenyon Drake, who's signed out of Arizona. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, J, uh, they've had Jalen Richard and then Josh Jacobs has been a kind of a stud. You know, he hasn't been the the top running back that consistently. But Kenyon Drake comes in, and now do we have a competition? Do we have somebody who steps in at number one? What's the plan there? Well, you know what? I, I, I think it's a good pickup to get Kenyon Drake. And the main reason, uh, Devin Booker, whom was here last season, he's likely going somewhere to go get himself a contract. So he did well last year. He spelled Josh, Josh Jacobs when he was out, um, you know, either resting or whatever. And it, was, it kept him fresh. Jacobs' probably biggest issue is the fact that he, you know, his availability is his biggest ability. You know what I mean? You know about that guy. So uh, he... he he has little nicks and bruises, doesn't practice a whole ton, but when he plays, he plays well. And they can get a one-two punch with Drake and Josh Jacobs. Again, I think the offense is going to be good. Ruggs was up and down. Um, I can't believe I can't remember the guy's name. He played for the Eagles. He came here. He, he had the – Oh, uh, Aguilar. Aguilar. Aguilar was the man last year. Yeah. Aguilar was the man. He was one of the leaders in the NFL in yards per catch and touchdowns and everything else. He's gone. So, I mean, they're going to need someone else to step up other, other than their tight end, Darren Waller, who is a monster. I'm sure, uh, Eric, you would have loved to have had a guy like that to put a wall to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take a guy 6'7", 265, wherever the heck he is. It's, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think his – I looked it up the other day. His yards after catch was like, right, top of the league or something. Yeah, he, he's a monster. Amazing. So, uh, you know, I was going to ask you about the quarterback situation, right? So you got – Derek Carr, who, when I look at him, I see everything you want in a quarterback. I mean, yeah. he he throws the ball. He reads defense as well. He throws with anticipation. He's accurate. He's athletic. And and uh, I, what keeps him, though, from jumping up into that top shelf of elite quarterbacks in the NFL right now? He seems like he's got everything guys like Patrick Mahomes have. And <laughs> but, but why? What, what is, if anything, what's holding him back? You know what? What you say, I think, is 1,000% accurate. He has all the tools. And honestly, I'm one of those people in the media market here, and just in general, that maybe defends Derek Carr more so than most. Because if you look at you look at his numbers last year with his passer rating, 
his um, touchdowns per interception ratio. All that stuff is really, really good. Uh, through the first, I don't know, say 13 games of the, of the season, he was, top, he was top five. He was top five in all of that. Then the defense ends up losing games for him. He feels like maybe he has to try to do too much. His biggest problem to me is sometimes he has a problem with fumbles. Like he, he, he fumbles the ball uh, periodically. But other than that, I think that he is a good quarterback. I don't know why they would try to get another quarterback because who's better than Derek Carr that you're going to bring in here? You know what I mean? Uh, and, but yet you hear him all the time. Like you hear commentators or analysts talk about he's – should they get rid of him? For who? Absurd. To me, it's absurd. I, any, any of that talk last – I mean, two years ago, they talked about Tom Brady coming here. Okay, I get it. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Uh, but other than that, what do you, why are you getting rid of Derek Carr? Like, what, what is he doing that's keeping you from winning games? You know what I mean? Like, he can't that's play defense. I'm sorry. He can't, he, can't, he can't be a defensive back. He's pretty athletic, but he's not that athletic. <laughs> you know, I, I, look at, I look at the draft picks, you know, and we mentioned that uh, all – um, no skill position players, yeah. but of the five defensive players, uh, one was an edge rusher, Malcolm Coons, and all the rest were D backs. Uh, do you who in that group do you see as standing out, and who do you see that group as a sleeper? A sleeper, I, I say a sleeper, Diablo. I love that guy's name, first of all. I mean, Divine <laughs> Diablo. <Come on. laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's like a wonderful, terrific Mounds the third. You got to realize that there were two other before. You know, played 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 major league baseball. You know, exactly. So I mean, I, I think he has the ability to be a, a very good DB for these guys. Um, I mean, they they what they need. You can see by just who they drafted where their weakness lies. I mean, look at all defensive back, safety, cornerback. You know what I mean? Like safety. I mean, they need people on that back end. That's where they had their biggest problem. And um, let's see, what's a quarterback that they face twice a year in this division? Uh. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they need guys that can they can stop the pass. So I think Diablo will be a guy who, who may do well, should do well. Um, and hopefully Trayvon Morin, he he is the person that Mike Mayock wants him to be. You know, um, I hope he but really it's hard to make him a sleeper. Leatherwood. <laughs> you know what I mean? He I think Mayock, he needs to hit on one of these guys. He needs to hit on one of these these stretch type people uh, that he's drafting because he's done that over the past few years drafting some guys that I mean even when they drafted Damon Arnett that was a guy like oh wow people are like okay um, and he wasn't available much last season he didn't end up being the guy that they wanted him to be so they ugh. there's a lot of stretch guys I could probably name every single one of them and say that he's a guy that he could be a sleeper they hope he's a sleeper and wakes up <laughs> Brian do you get a sense for uh, so the, 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 we talked about Gruden a little bit, but Mike Mayock. So Gruden's the one, obviously, with the player-like contract, right? The hundred yeah. million guaranteed ten-year contract. But yet, Mike Mayock's the general manager. Is are they in kind of concert with each other, or is Mac is Mike Mayock? Because you referred to him a few minutes ago as he's got to start hitting on some of these picks. Is it him making the picks on his own, or is it sort of Gruden kind of steering the ship that way? What's the reality of that in the building? That's a very good question because you remember when John Gruden came in, they had a different GM who was like a you know part of Raiders. You know they loved their uh, their alumni, and he got out of there really quick so John Gruden can have you know more more say. 
Uh, they brought in Mayotte. They're definitely in congruent with each other. You know, they're they're in conjunction. They they have on the from the outside looking in, and even I've done some stuff on the inside. It seems that they have a great relationship, and they agree on all, most of the stuff that they do. But like you said, money is what matters. Gruden has the hundred million dollar contract. Mayotte does not. So if something goes wrong, is Gruden going to say, "Hey, you know what? That didn't work." I did a terrible job with it. Or is he going to say, you know what? I don't pick the groceries. I mean, I'm not the GM, so we need to get a GM in here who knows what they're doing. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but I mean. Right. It, it, it has the potential to be work out that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. You know, when the NFL went to, went to Vegas, you know, it took them so long to make that choice. Obviously, the situation was the gambling. And now the NFL owns gambling. You know, we have DraftKings, we have, you know, all these other things going on and gambling has become legitimate. Has that kind of been glossed over or do you see that the, the team in the league is actually trying to keep an extra eye on players uh, who just have the access to big time gambling? You know, when you have big time money, it's easy to, go, you know, get sucked into that. You know what? Now, this is a very good question, especially nowadays with the whole ESPN. They're all on top of gambling. Um, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, all that kind of good stuff. I can tell you this much. I was here in 2007 when the NBA brought their all-star game here. And David Stern hated gambling. Um, they had a, a team, uh, the owners, uh, the Maloose, owned the Sacramento Kings. They also owned the Palms that was here at the time. They weren't allowed to put their team on their board in their own casino because of gambling and the stigma and everything else. So, Fast forward, and this is something that we actually used to tell just the general public or people that weren't in Vegas. If there's going to be a gambling scandal with betting, sportsmen, and all that kind of stuff, it is not going to happen in Las Vegas. It is not going to happen in Las Vegas. It'll happen somewhere else. Do these people know that these casinos and how smart they are and the, the, the eye that they have on everything, they're not going to let somebody get over on them here in Las Vegas. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? They're, I mean, they're, it'll never happen here in Las Vegas. So, and I think the league probably knows that by now. So there's no big eyes on the players. What there is somewhat of an eye on the players and what they may do is having fun. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of good, there's fun to get into. Just like in Las oh, yeah. Vegas, there's, there's that fun <laughs> to get into. So, right. It's going it, to, it, yeah. If there's going to be some gambling, it's going to be online anyway. You yes. Know? Yes, it's not going to be probably bigger than whatever goes on in Vegas. No, no, <laughs> no. You, you are not going. You've seen all these movies with people trying to get over on casinos, and what happens to them? They end up out in the desert. <laughs> a lot of holes in the desert. Didn't know what joke. Yeah, it, it was. It was built on that, and as much as it isn't like that anymore, it's like that. <laughs> well, you know, and like you said, there's always the fun, the oldest profession in the world. Or second oldest profession, which is it? <laughs> I got us meet first. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Our guest has been uh, Brian Salvin of uh, News 3, sports anchor there in Las Vegas. Uh, we really enjoyed having you with us, Brian. Thanks for joining us. Man, this has been fun, man. You guys do a great job. I, I appreciate you reaching out and having me on. Hopefully I didn't kill your audience. 
anytime you want me, man, just holler at me and, and we can we can do this again. Well, you know, uh, coming down the road, as we were saying last week, one of the things we're going to be doing this year during the season is we're going to be picking one key game as we do our fantasy roundup. And uh, we're going to have a reporter on for each team. And we'll have you guys on for about five minutes going at it and comparing notes. So we're, we're looking forward to that. So we'll definitely have you back. So we know the Raiders are going to be there. Uh, yeah. And, and whoever you have one, I can beat them. I don't care who it is. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Okay. Kramer and Brill, Fantasy Football Podcast and our video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lips, and Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. Easiest way, see it right there at the bottom of your screen. For our guest, Brian Salmon, my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill, and we'll see you next time.